Good morning and uh, welcome everyone to episode number, what episode is it? 18, I think. 18 of Roll or Die. Thank you for uh, all the love that we've been receiving over the past couple of weeks. And today we have a good friend of mine, Hayley Morgan, a blue belt from Dominance, who's joining us. Uh, just a little bit of a quick introduction of Hayley. I met her coming up to a year ago now in the Letitia Habero and Via Mosquito camp in New Zealand. Uh, she was my training partner through most of this camp and I got to know her on and off the mats. So I know that there's several other podcasts out there, Jiu-Jitsu podcasts with a lot of superstars and a lot of big names. And I mean, Haley's a superstar to me and to a lot of people, but I wanted to bring on uh, a bit more of a sort of everyday person. Uh, Haley being a blue belt, wanted to talk a little bit about the, the journey to Blue Belt and through Blue Belt as well. So yeah, welcome Haley. Thank you, thank you. It's lovely to be here. Yes. Welcome, and obviously, uh, Anton, thanks for joining us as well. Thanks for sending <laughs> thank us. You. It's so always a pleasure to be here with you, my friend. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> Quick plug yeah. before we launch in. Um, we don't have any sponsors or anything, but I'm sponsoring today with my I homemade commercial. You couldn't lose even an opportunity, could you? Always an entrepreneur. That's right. We're making sanitizer, hospital-grade sanitizer, because we want to reduce landfills. So Macca and I are making home sanitizer and sanitizer at home, and our goal is to come into businesses and homes and refill their sanitizer. Um, if you're interested in that, please let us know. It's all for love. We're raising money for the Asylum Seekers Resource Centre. So that's enough from our sponsor today. Yes, please go thank on. Thank you. Um, Hayley, so as I said, thanks for joining us. Uh, tell us a little bit about your sort of background, your journey to through Jiu-Jitsu and what, uh, how you discovered it. Um, yeah, how you found it. Uh, so I am, I've been doing Jiu-Jitsu for about four years now, four and a half years, I think November 2015. I started, um, I did give it a go on the Gold Coast back in 2011, I think, maybe 2012. Um, absolutely hated it. Did two classes, um, had a massive panic attack in one of the classes and ran out and never came back. Was um, that because then, of the close contact of uh, being with guys, etc. cetera? Or? Uh, no, it was because I didn't understand a thing. I didn't... Um, Obviously, I was, a, I was a very different person back then, not very confident in myself at all. And um, my person I was drilling with made me feel really dumb. Um, and she kind of cracked the shits at me because I wasn't getting something. So, um, so yeah, so it, it wasn't um, the best, best start. But, um, yeah, then I moved down to Melbourne in 2015 and... Um, yeah, I just felt like it was time to, to do something different. And I've been doing weightlifting and just normal gym for ages and I just got really bored. So I'm like, you know, it's time to to go try it again and uh, yeah. haven't looked back since. So. Wow. And yeah. what was different this time, do you think, compared to the previous one? Um, uh, I think because I started at a gym where I didn't know anyone, Whereas the gym I started at, my partner at the time had already been training there for a long time. Um, so, I, and I think I have a lot more confidence in myself now than what I did nine years ago. So, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, still found it very hard, obviously. Like, uh, you know, starting 
uh, such an intense sport. I think I was 33 when I started. So, mm, yeah, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was hard, but, um, yeah, so happy I stuck I with really, it. Then. I can really relate to that, Haley. I was um, in my 30s when I started as well, probably later than you, actually. And, yeah, the close proximity was was awkward for me, but actually you just I just discovered for myself when you shared that exactly the same thing for me. I was a fish out of water. Um, I thought my life was working. I thought I was relatively good at things. And I had such a frail kind of sense of self <laughs> that anything that threatened that did cause me to panic. And I remember sitting in my car before classes week after week wondering if I should go in or not go in. Like, it was just such a battle to even get out of the car and walk into the front door. You know, those are the yeah. days. I still, I, um, I still feel that these days when I go to classes some days on the drive there, I'll be like, oh, you know, like I don't feel like going today. I just feel too anxious, you know, like it's, but, you know, always glad when I do go. So. What do you do in those, in those times like to sort of um, make that decision to go instead of, uh, you know, turning back around or going somewhere else or whatever? Like what... Um, is it sort of seeing the idea that you're going to see your mates there, the idea that it's only going to be temporary, you know, that feeling that, you know, once you pass the first sort of five or ten minutes, you feel okay or what yeah. um, What makes you push through? I think I try and remind myself that everyone feels awkward going to jiu-jitsu and everyone has their own stuff um, that they're dealing with and their own reasons for being there. And uh, I guess I don't stand out as much. You know, like, like we, we all, we're all there for our own reasons. We all blend in, you know, and everyone is super welcoming all the time. So, yeah. um, and ev everyone's got their own anxiety about being at training that they're trying to get over. So I just kind of remind myself we're all in it together. So, yeah, Look, I mean, as a black belt, I can say that even, unfortunately, never really goes away. It, it, you still feel it even at the higher belts. Um, yeah. You don't feel it maybe to the same extent. Um, in some ways, there's a, a whole other level of pressure because there's a white belt. There's not that expectation that you're going to know what to do or that you're going to be able to reach a certain standard. So mm -hmm. in other ways, the, the target on your back is even bigger as a higher rank. But, I mean, I think there's an expression, something like everybody was a white belt once. So that's yeah. certainly the case. And in some ways, being a white belt can be easier because no one expects much of you. Like, if you don't know something, you could just shrug your shoulders and go, well, I'm a white belt. I'm not, yeah. you know, I'm not supposed to know that stuff. So, yeah, definitely, definitely what, um, here. Kim, what is the anxiety for you? Because <clears throat> with Haley, it was around, and, and myself, it was around kind of looking stupid. I, I think, Haley, I'm speaking for you. Yeah. You can correct me. But yeah. kind of looking stupid or feeling wrong or bad. Yeah. Is that the same thing for you, Kim? Because it more sounds to me like you're worried that you're going to be beaten by someone of lesser skill. Whereas yeah, for me, definitely. the anxiety yeah. is around just getting it wrong, like in, a, in drilling even, just like being yeah. a bad partner. <clears throat> yeah, there was that as well. I mean, in the early days, I think, especially if you do have a bit of an ego and you've come from a background where maybe you are quite capable, you, you feel fairly strong and fit and you've got the ability to do things outside of jiu-jitsu and suddenly you're this fish out of water almost in this environment where everyone's better than you and you just always feel like you're a step behind two steps behind, I think that is um, a big challenge for everyone in Jiu-Jitsu. So as a higher rank, you suddenly are able to maybe not feel quite so far behind, but there's always going to be someone better than you on the mat everywhere. I mean, whatever rank you are, I don't think you're training in the right place if you're 
the best person every single time and, and you never have an issue with anyone. Uh, that's yeah. the beauty of jiu-jitsu, isn't it? That's what um, keeps, us, yeah. keeps us going. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, Hayley wanted to talk to you as well. And uh, part of the reason why I wanted to have a blue belt on was to talk about the blue belt. Uh, everyone kind of calls it the blue belt blues. How, uh, how you feel about that, how you go. It's um, people that might be listening that for whatever reason don't follow jiu-jitsu or who aren't as familiar with it. The blue belt blues is kind of, I guess, a phenomenon that we laugh about half, half laugh, half frustrated that, um, People get their blue belt and then they disappear. They uh, they just don't keep keep training. So you've been um, training for a little while and uh, you're probably pretty close to purple belt. So just wondering like how how you feel about that, how you go, and also Antoine. Yeah, let's let's hear your thoughts too. But first of all, Haley, if you don't mind. Uh, well, first off, I'm handing my blue belt back and going back to white belt after the pandemic. So. Oh <laughs> <laughs> <All right>. uh, <laughs> um, uh, it is, I think, uh, for me, because we, ha we have a very good syllabus program at Dominance, um, and it took me a while to get through that, and so you have this massive build-up to get to your blue belt, and um, at, at the time, for me, I was starting a new career as well, so I was um, doing that full-time and tr uh, trying to train every night to get my syllabus, um, when it all come to an end, it was kind of like, oh, well, like it was just really kind of reached the big uh, mountain, I guess. And it was like kind of hard to go back to feeling like I knew nothing again because you, you kind of start over when you get to a blue, yes. blue belt. Yeah. But um, it's, What did you yeah. do then to, to be able to push you? Because I, I, I hear what you're saying and... I think that's pretty common for a lot of people that um, in other martial arts, it's probably equivalent to a black belt. Like the blue belt is like the pinnacle for people. They aim for it. They, they get there and maybe then they sort of think, oh, well, okay, I've achieved my goal. I'll just have a little rest maybe where I was training four nights a week. I might just drop back to three and then I'll drop back to two. And next thing they stop coming. Like that's my thoughts on maybe what happens. But yeah, I'd just be interested to hear how you kind of then um, pushed through that and started back at the bottom of the mountain? Um, I think for me, what helped was um, because I trained a lot in the advanced class we have and they're all beasts. So just getting my ass kicked every night and kind of put me back to the start again. And, but I, I, I don't think I'm, I really minded about that. I was just like, you know, yeah. I know that everyone's going to, well, so many people are going to be better than me, but I have to keep going. And I yeah. think as well, because I was competing, I wanted to compete a lot at Blue Belt. So yeah. Um, yeah. that kind of made me have to, yeah, Push yeah I, like, for me, I kind of felt like it wasn't a choice to keep training. Like mm. I, I have to, like, because it's, it's what yeah. I do. And, and I have like, I know, yeah, um, you were a, a Blue Belt for a little while. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, well, I was a white belt for four years. Then I was a blue belt for four years. So I've been a purple belt for two years. So my journey's a lot slower. I think um, what I realised that, like, at white belt, I thought, yeah, I'm going to smash it. I'm going to be the champ. You know, because in my in the rest of my life, I hadn't had these sorts of adversity. So by the time I got to blue belt, it had taken a long time, but there was no one really by my side. I got to grade for blue belt with Jared and Jane. <clears throat> 
not James, maybe, not maybe James, it was around the time. Anyway, a bunch of my peers, we all graded together. And then <clears throat> before I'd even gotten like one stripe on my blue belt, they were purple belts. You know, before I'd gotten two stripes on my blue belt, they were brown belts. And Tiago actually forgot to give me a stripe once. So, you know, then I got two at once. Um, the bottom line was in my blue belt, I knew it was going to be a long time. And I had to just accept that it was not a race against other people. And I started to make it not about the belt anymore. I saw Richard Latamagi actually go up against, I think he was still a blue belt. And he went up against black belts in an internal comp. And I was like, hang on a second. You don't have to be a black belt to face black belts and to do well, because he did quite well. And, was, mm. and <clears throat> so then I started realizing, okay, what do I really want out of jujitsu? Well, I want to be a great training partner. I want to stay fit. I want to love the battles. I want to continue to develop myself. So I just fully took my attention off the belt system yeah. and just said, that will come when it comes. And I said to Tiago, I want to be a fucking good blue belt. That was the goal. Not to do it in a, in a month or six months. I just want to be a fucking good blue belt. And to be honest with you, I don't think I ever became a fucking good blue belt. That's not really who I am. I'm not the best. But you know I do I bring... Just to interrupt on that, I think for me with my progress, I feel like a really good whatever belt pretty much the day before I'm promoted to the next belt. It's like yeah. one day in that however many year journey, okay, I finally feel like I'm a decent purple belt, yeah. brown belt. That's I right. finally feel like I'm a good brown belt. Like, well, like, ah, oh, far out, man. Right. It just, yeah, it never yeah. ends. Never ends. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the one, other thing, the one other thing I would add about that is I became known for one move, my gear team. Like people, people at every yeah, level, talk yeah. about my gear team, and I'm really happy about that. That's my thing. It's not my belt. It's my gear team. And what yeah. about you, Haley? What's your What's your special move? Yeah, I guillotine. Yeah. <laughs> I can, uh, oh, so I can nice. attest to that as well. Yeah, I challenge you to a guillotine off. Yeah. <laughs> hey, also Haley, I wanted to chat with you briefly. Um, I know you work uh, in emergency services you do shift work so I wanted to chat with you if we could a little bit about how you balance your training and your life I mean it's hard enough for people who work a sort of business hours kind of job how do you go with like the the ability to fit in training around your lifestyle and stuff like that because it can be a challenge so yeah there's probably people listening out there who have a similar situation just was interested to hear your thoughts on that uh, it is really hard, really, really hard. Um, I have noticed that since um, I have gone out into the field, um, my training has kind of eased off a little bit because I'm just so drained all the time. Mm. Um, it, it is really hard because my shifts in a week can start, I can have like a 7am, a 7am, uh, a 3 p.m., then a 9 a.m., and then um, like a, a 6 p.m. start. So, and that changes week to week. I don't have a set roster of, you know, I know two weeks in advance what I'm going to be doing. Mm. Uh, so, luckily, um, dominance does have three classes a day. So, um, I'm never going to get up for the 6 30 in the morning class. That's never going to happen. But, um, I, I do want to get up early today, by the way. Really appreciate <laughs> yeah. it, especially because you're on a day uh, off as well. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. Um, but yeah, I think because Dominance does have the midday classes and night classes, it does help um, give me that option so I can train um, whenever I want. I think that's the luxury of being at a, a bigger club. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, oh, my, my nutrition is really hard. Like I eat like crap mm. most of the time. So um, it, it is really hard. And then of course. It kind of helps you uh, to focus that a little bit better as well. Like if you have to cut weight down to a division that helps you focus and maybe dial the diet in a bit better. Um, I have not mastered the cut yet. So um, mm. I have lately been going up a weight class. Uh, so um, have I. Don't I just, you worry. Don't. Talk about handing back the uh, blue belt. Oh, there'll, there'll be several weight classes difference for me when I'm back. <laughs> that's for sure. That's <laughs> why yeah. I'm ungrateful for masters and upper weight classes. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. 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 So it, it, it has struggled because career has kind of taken over a little bit. Mm. Um, but yeah. So you sort of just I, go with yeah. it. You try not to fight it too much and accept it for what it is. Is that what you're saying? And know that maybe next week you'll get to more classes or whatever and, and don't fight yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If I get the luxury of having two days off, um, I'll try and train a couple of days, a couple yeah. of times each day. So yeah. I, I try and catch up when I can, yeah. um, especially if I'm, on, if I'm on night shift. Um, that's the only time I have a consistent start time through the whole week. So I'll try and train mm. every night. I think, I think if I may, yeah, there's, there's a really, like, for me, I was trying to munch down jiu-jitsu as fast as I could when I was younger. And what I've discovered over time is it's always going to be there. <laughs> it's always going to be yeah. there for you. You can be a master. When we went to the World Masters, Kim and I went a couple of years ago, there were people in their, like, 70s, 80s. Oh, that was people. so awesome. Yeah, yeah exactly, right. yeah. Yeah. Jiu-Jitsu is going nowhere fast in the sense that it's always going to be there for us. And I think as masters, we can recognise that. And there is still a world title possibility for us all. It'll just exactly. be in the master's division. And in fact, I think it's almost tougher. Uh, Black belt world master is a very difficult uh, division, especially um, when there's so many. I mean, that's the time that often those coaches think, right, now's my time to, to shine and so show those younger younger people what I can do so yeah I don't think it's necessarily easy uh, at any at any belt but yeah definitely um and lastly sorry Antoine I'm probably uh hijacking this podcast a little bit with my questioning but I wanted to take advantage of having Haley on and ask her a few extra things I've had a few um bit of feedback through the week um thank you very much to everyone about this podcast and um specifically about being a female in jiu-jitsu so I wanted to ask you I mean, I've touched on it a little bit through the previous podcast, but wanted to ask your uh, take on it all. How do you go being, um, particularly as a white belt and blue belt uh, chick on the mat, how, how you handle it, you know, what, what's, your, what's your thoughts? Yeah. Um, when I started, uh, there was a lot of times where I'd be the only girl in the class, um, but I just kind of accept it just go with it just you know like my training is more important than being afraid to roll with guys so um and obviously you know all the the guys I train with are are awesome anyway um I have learned to be very um kind of in touch with how I'm feeling so sometimes I will have to say no to certain people because I'll just be a little bit too sensitive uh, I know what's going to make me cry and, um, you know, no one really likes having to run off the mat to cry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, yeah, I, I think um, I've kind of just, just rolled with it and just, 
you know, there's there's more and more girls coming through, which I think is awesome. And um, obviously try to be a mentor as much as I can to them. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's good now. And I think uh, girls' jiu-jitsu in Australia is very, or around the world is very, very supportive. Um, I've gone to, I think, two camps now, or three camps in my life. Um, obviously the one we met at last year and I went to Liv's camp in Thailand as well last year. And uh, Which is it's a just female only camp, also, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's just it's just really good to see, you know, women come around the world from around the world to, you know, train and and get along. But um, I also don't mind that I'm also sometimes going to be the only girl there. So, um, would you have yeah, any I advice think- for, for people who, as maybe say as a white belt, um, when a guy does approach you, how you would go about sort of saying no? to another guy, to a guy, to roll, like whether you, because I know that some people like, for myself as a black belt, they'll say, well, you're a black belt, you can sort of say no to someone, but as a white belt or a blue belt, what would be your way, if you didn't necessarily want to partner a guy who did uh, approach you, would you have a, a strategy or anything? What would you say? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think as well that comes down to the, the confidence. Um, I think knowing you can say no. I know a lot of girls come to me and they say, um, I had to roll with so-and-so tonight and he really hurt me, but I'm like, how do I say no? And I, it's really easy for me to say no because I, like, I, I know my limits and I know if someone's going to hurt me yeah. or whatever. And because I am a blue belt, I can't just say no. Um, mm. I think the the best thing to do um, would be don't be afraid to approach your coach about it. Um, yep. We'll just say, no, not this time. Like I know, I know it sounds like a very easy solution to like something that makes you feel really horrible at the time. Um, but yeah, like uh, I get, you yep. just have to, you just have to know what your limits are. And um, if someone, if it doesn't make you feel good to just really just yep. don't do it. I don't think it's a female to male only situation. There's plenty of people I won't roll with. Some are lower belts, some are higher belts. And sometimes like you, Haley, I'm sensitive. You know, all we all are. I'm not saying that I I do get that there's a lot more kind of things in like women are more complex in that capacity. But what I've definitely become masterful at saying no to people as well over the years. Like there's some people who are just out for it or they get really emotional if I beat them. So if, you know, if I know that when I beat them, they're going to do everything in their power to get one back at me, I'll actually start declining them as well for roles because that's not what I'm out for. You know what I mean? I'm not out for all out war and training all the time. So for me, I've just become, I've, I've just learned to say no without saying no. Like I'll say, maybe another time. You know, I'm, I'm dealing with a couple of things right now. Maybe, yeah. maybe another time. Your style's a bit too intense for me at the moment yeah. with what I've got going on or whatever. I won't actually say no. But I'll say yeah. no without saying no and kind of just keep delaying them off into the future. So yeah. that's what I've learned over the years. Yeah. Say so maybe next time, change gyms, change your names, leave the country. Wear a fake mustache and glasses. And... <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Girls, just to let you know, we've only got five, less than five minutes left. So just let okay. it go. All good. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. No, all good. Did you have any other questions, Andrew? As I said, I sort of feel like I've taken over this one in terms of the questioning. Well, it's just an absolute pleasure that you've been on this show. Like Kim said, we're, we are definitely, we're happy to have the big names 
we're also really happy to discover um, little nuggets of awesome out in the jiu-jitsu community. I think that's what we're really about. We just want good conversations with people, and you're definitely that. Um, you, you talked to us offline about how you'd given up on, I'll use that in inverted commas, chasing a world championship. Um, so I'd love to hear, you know, you obviously had that. I'm presuming you're talking about an adult world championship, not a master's one, because master's... Oh, I'm definitely master's. <laughs> Yeah. So you were, uh, there's, you were, there's, no, there's no way I would um, I'd go for a um, a world championship at adult level. Um, I like as much as they say, you know, don't have an ego in jujitsu. Getting my ass beat by a twenty year old would be quite uh, <laughs> quite yeah. damaging to the ego. So um, I'm sure Kim knows that. Like, I have oh to man, yeah, but we both go with Adele. Like, you know, thinking about a twenty year old. Come on, man. <laughs> Oh, just brutal. Yeah, we had her on um, the other way. Hi, <laughs> oh, yeah. She's yeah. amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Um, yeah. yeah. So when, when I first started jiu-jitsu, I, I got the, the bug and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do everything I can to train every day and be a world champion and do this and do this. And um, kind of once life kind of catches up with you and, you you know, you have your career and stuff, it's kind of like, well, you know, I don't think I can. One, I don't think I can afford to travel around the world and compete. Um, and yeah, I just, I'm just not sure if the priority is kind of there. Um, so it's kind of like career or... Yeah, the time commitment yeah. I think you need for that level of training and that level of um, intensity, it's, it probably takes a toll on uh, other parts of your life. So yeah, I feel One like maybe, yeah, jujitsu is so all-consuming, but maybe as time goes on, you start to realise it's just one piece in a jigsaw puzzle of your life and that you can kind of accept that there's other things as well. But, um, yeah, I, I also I go through phases where even for me now in my 40s, I still have times where I'm like, right, that's it. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to go out. And, I mean, yeah, Anton, we're similar, I think. And then you sort of look, take a step back and realise, hang on a minute, like maybe I need to, uh, yeah, Except that it's not gonna. That's not gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, think. Sorry, go. I was to say, Kim and I have had many uh, conversations of trying to plan going to world travel somewhere. Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's, um, let's do it. I'm already involved. Let's do it. If you girls are going, I'm coming. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just get back to training first before there's any problems. Yeah. I don't know uh, when that's, yeah, maybe 2020. Yeah, I, mean, I really remember from the world, from the world masters was. It's not the style of competing that you would get locally in the, because nobody's really taking massive risks. Well, some people may be, but not the people I was watching. You know, the bottom line is everyone's stalling out, trying to get, it's about millimetres, trying to get that one point. Like my match was zero, yeah. zero and zero advantages and zero penalties and I lost. <laughs> yeah. That was the only match I've ever had at that level. But the guy just helped me there and I just, and I just yeah. did everything. Oh, no, I, sorry, I was on top. He was on the bottom. He won because he was on the bottom. Um, yeah, so I think what I learned from I've done a lot of competing is that sometimes it's not always the person that's better that wins. It's sometimes the person that's a bit smarter in a yeah. comp yeah. sense. So, yeah, it doesn't always mean that that person is the best at jiu-jitsu. It just means they were the best on that day in that environment with that set of rules or whatever it was. So mm. it's very easy to get bogged down with comps, but... It doesn't have to be the be all and end all of uh, of your jiu jitsu. That's for yeah. sure. 
yeah. Love it. Love competing, but yeah, oh, it's, it's a bit, a bit like what I was saying, like one jigsaw piece in the whole puzzle of jiu-jitsu. It doesn't need to be all-consuming. So, yeah, that's yeah. my take on it anyway. Yeah. Well, Kim, you did the intro. Do you want to do the outro oh, as I'm well? I want to do the outro. So, yeah, thank you very much, as I said, Hayley, for joining us. It's great to see you. And um, thank you as again for coming on so early on your day off. Hopefully <laughs> be back on the mats really soon. And, um, yeah, you're an awesome training partner for me in New Zealand. Looking forward to getting back and hopefully we'll uh, all be training again, have some open mats soon and we can uh, see each other in person. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, Anton, <laughs> thanks again. Thanks for our sponsor, No Name Hand yeah. Sanitizer. <laughs> yes. Oh, good. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll thanks, see Hayley. you again soon. Thanks Take care. Bye. 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 Bye.